everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. Um, I'm joined by a very, very happy crew here this evening. Uh, with, uh, we've gone from basically despair on Monday to over the moon today. Um, I'll say the three three guys are here. First up, Belfast Dave Dunning, as always, Dave. Um, I take it you're suitably over the moon like the rest of us? Yes, I feel much better now. Yesterday I was fucking shattered, an emotional mess. Um, just walking around work, hug, just hugging people, no. not even saying anything. So now I feel a bit, I think I've come back to the land of the living a wee bit more. Honestly, I think it was more, it was Monday did it for me, to be honest with you. It was that company goal did it for me. I just, I just lost it. I lost my shit, actually. Completely and yeah. utterly, just lost belief, lost everything. Um, so, so, so to be sitting here today, um, faith completely restored. I think it's a measure of the team that we have out in the pitch, but we'll get to that. Um, and we also have the two guys in Berlin. First up, Neil Patterson, yourself, Chief. Happy days. Oh, I Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Sat, sat here with Dave, well, I suppose, a week ago, and... Um, we uh, yeah, talked. I ourselves. didn't even want to come on. <laughs> yeah, we talked talked ourselves into the the, the 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 possibility that it could happen, and you you never knew with with Liverpool. And yeah, we did it. So really happy to be on and to be uh, going to another Champions League final. Indeed, and last but certainly not least, Angus Gorgory uh, as well in uh, in Berlin. Yourself uh, again over the moon, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely incredible, mate. Um, it's it's been you know I've 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 realized my my state of health has has evolved now um, to to the extent that you know I, I've never really had any migraines on all my life and now like after certain parts of the game I start getting headaches so I don't know that that doesn't seem like a good sign but I'm at least I'm feeling happy if not healthy. Well, that's it. As I say, my, I, I get, I really get into it, and there's no, no other place to start but Barca. And, you know, I, I said to you there, like, I was completely, I was in the dumps. I was out of the game. Like, um, I, I'd watched the, 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 the 3 0 from the Camp Nou three times, and I just couldn't get my head around how that result even, even happened. And, 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 you know, then, as I say, City went and won again. And it was just like, oh, it's just, it's just not going to happen for us. But, but we forgot about the power of Anfield. Um, we forgot about just how good a team we actually have, or I did. Um, and, you know, Neil, I'll, I'll come to you as always first. And How do you measure this team? How do you even begin to measure this team? I mean, from, from the whistle went off, my belief was restored in under a minute. And, and truly it was. And, and it's just the application of this group. And no matter who plays in the midfield, we saw Divock Origi come in. Uh, we saw Shakiri come in. And nothing seems to change. And, and we're still this monster. And, like, really and truly, it's just, it, 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 it just beggars belief what, how we managed to turn that around. And the manner, the, the authority, the command of that game was something to be seen. Yeah, yeah, all of that, all of that. Um, how do you measure them? It's pretty difficult, but I mean, I guess you would say, I guess, you know, I think it's fair to say now that they're the, the best. Um, it's the best Liverpool team of, of certainly my my older life or, or like teenage or older. I mean, I, I remember the 87, 88 team and, and that era, and that was an amazing team, but they weren't doing it. Because of the the band, they they weren't in Europe at the time. It was all domestic, and they were the last team that that um, you know that had so many so many top 
class players in so many different ways to win. But um, you know, they're they're one of the best Liverpool teams ever, I guess. I mean, look at the points total in the league, it's already the best ever uh for any season going back a hundred years since the foundation of the club. And that's allowing for the different points totals and so on. And to come back in a game like that and not only just to come back, but to come back in a way that inspired belief, as you say, from the first minute. I mean, I think it's in the first minute that um, we almost we almost score. I think um, the ball comes across the box and Shakiri just mishits a, a left foot shot and uh, Henderson nearly gets in, I think, at the, the back post, or somebody does anyway. And um, from there it goes. We get a corner from that move, and, uh, you know, we score very, very early on. Divock is, um, you know, in the right place in the right time. He's alive, he's alert, he's onside, he's following the, the run, he's following the ball, and um, Ter Stegen knocks it right back out into his path, and it's, it's a perfect finish because he's in the right place at the right time. And from that moment, you know, you know that it's not only possible, it's becoming likely that something is on the cards because there was a feeling, you know, we only watched it on TV. Obviously, none of us were at the, at the game, but there was a feeling you could sense from the crowd that the crowd had a belief that something could happen. The crowd wanted something to happen. They were willing something to happen. Probably buoyed on a little bit by the fact that, um, that City had done that on Monday night and, you know, the league... Is looking. I mean, ju- just, just to, just to put in on you, I, I actually watched Melissa Reddy there on the the Premier League show there last night, and you know she was saying the atmosphere. It was almost sitting on your skin before yeah. before the game. She said she'd never experienced that. It, it was it was it was an uncanny sort of. Uh, there was something in the air. Yeah, it was a lie. <laughs> the atmosphere was 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 brutal. It had a force of its own, and it was it was positive, and <clears throat> you know. The players obviously believed as well, and to score so early, that's going to inspire you. And actually, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about the whole game <laughs> right at the beginning. I want to let the lads jump in as well here, but um, but yeah, I mean, you you could sense that Barcelona, you know, were were under it as well. They were under the caution with every chance that they missed. Because make no mistake, they had their chances, and Allison made I think five top class saves. Uh, particularly in the first half, they had a couple of chances. Uh, second half of the first half, I seem to remember. And it, with it, with each one that was uh, palmed away or, or pushed to safety or tipped over, you know, you saw a little bit of confidence ebb out of them. And each effort got a little bit tamer and a little bit, you know, a little bit less belief. And then second half, well, you know, we'll go into that in more detail as we go along, but. Um, Unbelievable, absolutely sensational. Probably the best second half of football I can remember at this point, off the top of my head, I've seen at Anfield in a in a long, long, long time. Unbelievable. So yeah, I let uh, let somebody else come in on this before I just uh, say everything. Well, you know, I struggled to I struggled to give a man of the match to to, to any of them, to be honest, because they were all bloody outstanding. But if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm forced into it, I have to go Origi because he just hasn't played that much football. And to come into a European Cup semi-final, 3-0 down at home and bag two, you know, like that's, 
it, it's what you know. I say like, there, there's there's eleven can even even the subs. There's eleven candidates or the the whole team are candidates of man of the match. But I, I would just have to go to him. But another one I want to talk to talk about. Uh, I'll come to you, Shengus, on this one because I know you're an admirer as well. Though we all are, Fabinho. Fabinho for me set the tone of that whole performance. He was like, he was like the engine room of that whole performance. He was absolutely, he was snapping into tackles. He was everything that you know. Just we used to have a Mascherano, you know that that bulldog mentality, just snapping at the heels. And, and he went in and Messi a couple of times in the first couple of minutes, and he let him know he was there, and he didn't put a foot wrong. And I think that he is the foundation stone, in my opinion, of, of this team. You know, Van Dijk gets all the plaudits. But, you know, sometimes defensive midfielders, we don't talk about an awful lot because they quietly go about their business, uh, and especially the good ones, and you barely notice what to do. But he is a player. Um, and I know you're a fan. What, what did you make of it? Uh, he was absolutely sensational, mate. I mean, you can see you can see how much he's progressed since he's signed for us. You know, every, every single game, he just keeps on exerting his presence even more and you know that tackle on Suarez and how he was always on the case of Messi he just never gave them any comfort any space to breathe and uh, you, you could see he's also pushing his uh, 80 minutes on a yellow card as well Jeng. it's just just to, just to put it into perspective absolutely I mean just look when you look at the game where you know they, they had so many chances they were such a threat and you know Messi he had he had quite a few chances and you know obviously being talked about one of the greatest players of all time you know when you're on a yellow card in the, within the first 10 15 minutes or whatever it was you know to play a full 90 minutes and continue making challenges at the right moments being brave you know uh, being aware of the risk but still being brave you know he was absolutely fantastic and he just offers so much in every sense you know he has height um, he can tackle. He can uh, he can pass the ball. He can play long balls. He can play them short. He's everywhere, and it's just unbelievable what he did. And you know, after the game, uh, when we you know during the amazing celebrations, you could see he was the most passionate. He he was really feeling it uh, deep down in his heart, and he was you know you could you could see all the passion with him. He's absolutely committed to our clause and. Uh, it, it just makes you wonder, you know, this probably isn't, you know, even um, his peak. And um, I, I expect even more of him uh, to come, uh, you know, until then, uh, even on Sunday or, you know, in the final on 1st of June and um, especially next season, you know. And um, it's, it's just amazing. But it's not just Fabinho. As you said, um, as you mentioned, Dave, it, the, the, there isn't a thing. Well, the only player who wouldn't wouldn't have got an eight eight out of ten. Shakiri, uh, be Shakiri, of course. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> absolutely terrible first half, and you know we were all begging that he got substituted, but it, it's literally impossible to choose uh, a man of the match. You know, Mane was absolutely everywhere on the pitch. He was on the left, he was on the right, he was up front central, he was dropping back, and he he was constantly a threat and always you know creating some sort of danger for the opposition to worry about, using his physicality. Um, obviously, his touch, Origi, his what, can, what, what can you say about Origi? I mean, the guy is... I, I was saying to Neil um, right after he scored the winner, it, it was amazing that he was so sharp, you know. Maybe he wasn't expecting uh, the ball, but as soon as he realized that he was receiving the ball at that position, 
he made he made no second thoughts and he absolutely buried that chance. Um, a wonderful finish. Um, so he's up there, and obviously all of the genie coming on second half, um, scoring two vital goals, and you know it's every single player on that team did great. Robo, I I have to pay pay a special mention to him. You know the the cheeky um, shove on Messi. Uh, when he was sitting on the I ground. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. He set the tone and, you know, um, he, he had a few chances as well. He took a few shots on, on goal, which um, um, Ter Stegen did well in one of them. And then the other one got deflected just very narrowly uh, for a corner. But, you know, he came on, he came off at halftime. And, you know, if, if he had managed, Genie obviously comes on for him and does us the wonder. But, you know, Robertson was having a great game as well. And Allison, you know, obviously if you had to give man of the match it would probably be an outfield player because of the number of goals we need to score but then again you can't really underestimate how important it was that he pulled off those saves and you know it, had we conceded one goal we would have been in uh, big trouble and you know we would have exposed ourselves but, but even tactically Shangus, you know like like Milner has to slot in we're so adaptable you know you, you can lose a key player there as you've mentioned uh, Robertson and and Milner made it look like you know like we really didn't miss him you know, even though we did, but but there's just that adaptability. We've seen uh, Fabinho, I think, in the Newcastle game, stepping back into the defence as well w- when needed. There's such versatility and adaptability with all of them. It's, it's a really unique group. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's um, probably one of the reasons why, um, you know, we have such an incredible team at the moment because, you know, it's not just about the players and their motivations and the way they're being um, coached and all that. I think... It starts from the recruitment phase where, you know, they look at players um, who have the ability to play multiple positions. And, you know, the, 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 the scouting is obviously really good. And uh, they, they have a, a certain type of profile of a player that they're looking for who can be molded into, um, you know, playing positions other than what he's used to or, you know, who, who completely agrees with, you know, the manager's ideas about him and, you know, being flexible about wanting to play in other positions as well to be able to help the team so you know you look at every single player you know even Jordan Henderson featuring at right back this season and doing well there you know Fabinho dropping in as you mentioned and Milner playing left back playing right back you know it's just everyone every single player is willing to play in any position I think they've set themselves a standard and they're afraid to fall below that standard that they've set for themselves to each other Absolutely. And, you know, there's also, you shouldn't forget that, you know, every single player's position in that team or, or, or starting place is under risk because of the competition. You know, you just look at, you know, when we have Oxley chamberlain back or <clears throat> the players, you know, obviously Salah um, uh, should be back for after his concussion and, you know, Origi now stepping up and Sturridge trying to play. You know, there, there's just even the players who you know could leave this summer some of them, maybe we'll talk about it later, are being offered a new uh, contract, uh, which is great news. But, you know, it's when, when you have players and even Brewster, you know, he was supposed to make his debut. They probably thought, you know, if, if we concede a goal or two and, you know, there's no chance of coming back, we'll, we'll give the latter a run out. But it wasn't to be. But, you know, the, the, we have so many players who are pushing in every single position that, you know, our players have no other option but to show that they're flexible and they want to be flexible. Uh, just to keep their place in the team, and uh, as you say, there's absolutely no no chance that you can keep your performance levels low. I mean, I don't know what happened in the background with Shakiri when he stopped 
playing so many games, but you could see on the first half, you know, there's obviously something not going right for him. And, you know, the, the moment you have a, a bit of a drop-off, there's always someone who's very motivated and very experienced to come in and try and prove something. So there's absolutely no room for any kind of slacking off or, you know, holding back or anything like that, which is nothing but great news. Oh, I agree with you totally. Absolutely. And Dave, look, you know, and guys, feel free to, to just jump in here. Um, let's get into the second half. As Yengis rightly said, you know, we, we, we lost Robertson fairly quickly. And I, I think that was prudent in actually taking him off. And, and, you know, I think what we've seen from Liverpool in recent weeks, certainly with, with injuries and so on, we're definitely doing the right thing. We're not rushing people back. We're taking precautions rather than, than pushing on. You know, it shows great depth. Gini Wijnaldum comes off the bench, scores a brace in 10 minutes, and, and all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden Barcelona are just... What the fuck has happened to us? You know, ash and face, yard of pace off them, everything. I think it was Neil said the perfect second half. I can barely remember anything better myself. I think first and foremost, it's a really brave, it's a brave sub from Klopp. It's a really proactive substitution. He could easily have stuck Gomez at left back and just done like for like. But he thought, no, I'll put I'll put Ronaldo in there. I'll stick Milner at left back. He's got the experience. He's got the know how. He's got the quality. And just this, I, my my romantic tendencies towards football, you know, just I was just thinking to myself after the game, if Salah doesn't get that dunt in the head at Newcastle, a Ricky probably doesn't play. Um, he scores two. If Robertson doesn't go off injured because Suarez snidely kicks him twice with the back of his heel, how good was that? But like, that's how skillful he is that he can kick somebody without even looking at them. Um, and if Robbo doesn't go off, Jamie doesn't come on. Shakiri probably goes off who provides the assist. Milner doesn't go to left back who slips the ball down to Shakiri for that assist. And it all comes together. And, you know, we come out, we come out in the second half, like we know we're gonna we know we're gonna score three goals. And when we get the first one, um Trent, you know, talked about all the different players that were brilliant and Trent Alexander Arnold, his quality, his his quality and his range of passing and his his intelligence for a 20-year-old is absolutely unreal. And he fizzes that one in. And it just takes away Nick right into Wijnaldum's path. And Ter Stegen should save it and he gets a hand to it and it bounces down, it bounces up and it hits him in the back and it goes in. And I'm sitting watching watching this, thinking about all these things going. This is... This, this, you, you do, you do realise for a 20-year-old this is going to be a second Champions League final. It's on un- a World Cup <laughs> and a World Cup under his belt too. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And then you see you see when Alden go and rip the ball out of Ter Stegen's arms like he's playing rugby union and Suarez staring into the distance shaking his head thinking what's going on here and you, you kind of just you kind of just knew just by that one that one shot that even if it was just a still with Suarez looking looking like that that this is only going to go one way and then Messi gets the ball from the from the restart and Van Dijk just careers into the back and takes it off him and we go down and Wijnaldum scores the most 
beautiful of headers where he gets up and he hangs and he gets like all this. of them. Oh, he's, he's, he's literally... The power on it, Dave, the power, the direction, everything yeah, is fucking but, perfect. But it's like the Matrix, he's, he's, he's frozen in midair as the ball comes to him and he uses every fucking muscle in his neck and powers it into the near post. And, and, then, and then we know that something's happening and, and this is happening and this is another another one of those nights and people almost they're almost embarrassed or apologize or it or it pains to to talk about the Anfield atmosphere on on European nights like this because because it's a cliche or but it's a fucking fact. You cannot deny it. It happens too often. The, the atmosphere was palpable. And and after the first goal and, and, and Fabinho's tackle, um, and after 10 minutes, it gets everybody up. And, and you just knew. Everybody knew. And it was actually, it was actually overwhelming. It was the whole experience of going through those emotions was, it was overwhelming. And the scenes at the end were overwhelming, and and this this I said I've never sat down in Europe. I, I said, but I said beforehand before the match that people were telling me that we're done with football for the for the season and they just can't wait the August and blah blah blah. And I was like, there's two matches left, there's two fucking matches left, and anything can happen. And you know, with this side, with the, the big, with their big massive fucking balls anything can happen well i'm actually ashamed to say dave in europe i've never given up on liverpool and i i i almost did uh, to the point that i that i was considering i was i was broken by that by that three nil i truly was and it was the the most bizarre result because we we owned them for for long periods of that game we we owned them and we didn't bury our chances uh, you know as was pointed out earlier on but yeah it was like, we, there was just something in the it's, it, there's there's a magic about that place, and as you rightly said, it only took me one minute to get fully on board. Something's going to happen here. Something's going to give. Something's you know something has to happen here, and you know it, 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 it's a special club. There's no <laughs> there's no getting away from it. We we are a special, and we have at this moment in time, Neil, as as, as we talk about the, the special group of players, but then we have the fourth goal. And like, like truly, um, whether it's planned, I don't know. Trent says it wasn't. It was just quick thinking. It was quick thinking. It's bloody genius. But you know, he, he goes to run away and then just automatically turns back, boom, ball in, boom, back of the net. And that's the type of trickery. That's the type of type of cute hoorishness that we have lacked for so long, and and all of a sudden now we have. And you know, you add in the physicality and everything. We are. We're, we're, we're a tough, but that fourth goal, that fourth goal is just, for me, it, I, I just, I just still smile about it. Oh, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. It's very, very quick thinking to be so switched on, to see the, to see the gap, to see the space, to deliver. Um, and if it was planned, then it's some pretty good acting. And if it wasn't planned, then it's just, Brilliant spontaneity and, and quick thinking uh, on the spot. The, the thought is perfect. 
The execution is perfect. The finish from Divock, well, first of all, his awareness to switch on so quickly, and secondly, the finish is unstoppable. Um, and it's it's brilliant all around. Brilliant all around. I, luckily for for me, I hadn't plumbed the depths like you um, before the game, just because football. Well, being a Liverpool fan, football's probably about the only thing that I'm actually optimistic about. Like because. You've seen it so many times, particularly on you know in, in situations like this. But you know this one was going to be a stretch. But yeah, it w- was was an absolutely perfect second half. You couldn't have scripted it better. You couldn't have written it better. You know, you make a substitution at halftime. He scored a brace within what six or seven minutes, and you know the tie is level. And from there, there's only one team that looks like they're they're going to go on and, and win it. And in the end, it it just takes that. Quick thinking, that sharpness, that uh, just cleverness, just downright cleverness, and 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 the guts and the balls, the the cheek to execute it and just do it, you know. And it's one of those where we, we've followed the um, is it the Bob Paisley quote, you know, stick the ball in the net and ask questions later. I mean, everyone's looking around, going, are, are they going to give it? Is he going to give it? And you know, the referee makes a point of actually giving it. He doesn't just not disallow it. He points immediately to the centre spot. You know what I mean? And it's one of them where, you know, another player doesn't do that. It was, it, was it even checked on VAR? I, I have no record. I, it was pandemonium. It was it even on, checked? It was checked on VAR, but it's one of those whether some referees won't let you take a quick corner. You know, some referees will go, well, you know, I didn't blow the whistle, for example. You know, uh, they won't let you take a quick free kick, you know, unless you ask. That kind of thing. So it could potentially have just been chalked off for that and, you know, make you take, retake the corner. But, you know, Trent doesn't wait for the whistle. He's, he, um, he sees the opportunity and he puts it in. And so does Divock. And, and that's what you need at, at the very top level. Sometimes it's just that quickness of thought and, um, you know, speed of mind that, um, that can, can give you the advantage. And, it's brilliant to see that. It's brilliant to see that in in um, a twenty year old, you know, um, and a lad that's just made that position his own. I think, and I think one of the things um, I'm always gutted by is on the odd occasion where Klopp kind of um, gives Trent a rest, or obviously he has to from time to time. He's a young kid, but I'm always gutted to see him to to, to not see his name on the team sheet because I think he had such a dimension, and it's not just. Not just the corner, you mentioned already the passing. There was one, again, I mean, every game he produces at least one wow pass where you like, where your mouth is open, where you're like, what a fucking pass that is. And he did it again the other night. I can't quite remember exactly what it was. Chief, do you know what it was? It was, it was almost right at the start of the second half where he, he pings this switch to Milner right across the pitch from touchline to touchline. And do you not agree that can we not can we finally stop having this fucking ridiculous conversation that when is Trent going to be moved into midfield because he he will literally actually realistically be the best right back in the world for probably the next ten years. Do you remember a while back I when when Michael Bale, who used to be the under twenty threes coach at Liverpool, was was managing here in Brazil? I, I got a chance to talk to him. Yeah. And he, like, that's two and a half years ago, Trent had just broken in. And he was adamant with me at that time that Trent's future was in the midfield, that that, that right back was a stopgap. But I'm not so sure anymore. 
Yeah, I think I, I would I would agree in the in the sense that I would imagine, given that he he came through the youth ranks, generally playing in, in midfield, that that was probably the plan. Um and probably Trent's plan, but I think you're absolutely right, Dave Dunning. He's he's made the for me, I just said it, I said it a minute ago, he's made the position his own. He's 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 sensational. Yeah, he can be he can be a little shaky at the back. From time to time, but he is. They all other teams always try and target him, and more often than not, he comes out, comes through it with shining, uh, flying colours. You know, comes out of it shining and with with the upper hand, and the contributions he, he makes going forward, the number of assists he has, his set pieces, his passing range, his energy. He's he's absolutely sensational, and his maturity. For his age as well, there's never a rash tackle. He never lunges in. He's he's rarely gets booked. He's just he's decision making. Yeah, but he's got it all. He's got it. He's got absolutely everything. He's got absolutely everything. And if 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 there, we had a need in midfield, we probably would look towards you know grooming him for that kind of position. But we don't. We need a a top, top class right back, and we've got one. And you well, see, well, they are a bit like they're, they're like an extra midfielder. Well, they're extra two midfielders, to be honest with you, because they're so important. I, I, I think, I think it's 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 an evolution of the fullback position, and I think he not only has Klopp's use of him evolved that, but his abilities and his skills and what he's done with that position has almost evolved and revolutionised that position. And that might be might be me speaking in hyperboles, but I this moment in time, I genuinely believe that. But it, it's it's a natural progression of what Klopp and Guardiola were doing and have been had been doing uh, in in Germany before, which is where you're essentially where your your fullbacks are your main width and they're your they're they're your everything, man. You know they they suddenly become your most important player on the pitch because they've got to get up and down, but most importantly they've got to support, they've got to press at the right times. They've got to provide assists. They're expected per, to provide assists, and you know they're they're expected not to be out of position as 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 often as possible. So they kind of have to do everything, and they've got to have a they've got to have real quality. They've got to have um, excellent decision making in the sense that they have to know. Basically, they have to go all the time, but at the same time, they have to know when not to go. If you know what I mean. Um, which is which is very rarely, but they have to, to pick the exact right times. They have to know they're expected to be able to pick players out with their crosses, with with their cutbacks. They're expected, as I said, to provide assists to chip in consistently. And the midfield in club teams have generally and and still do to a certain extent. They they provide the energy, they provide the physicality, they provide the the legs up and down. The, you know the the work that goes on in there, but not necessarily that much creativity. You know he's not never been one for for number tens, and we have now the perfect fullbacks for on on either side. We've got fullbacks who are good defensively, who are fit, who can run all day, who are quick, who can deliver excellent crosses both along the ground and in the air, who. Are tactically switched on and who link really, really well with with their you know with their teammates and and the players on their side 
and who link really well with each other. And in fact, the switch, the Trent Robo switch or the Robo Trent switch is really becoming one of my favorite features of, of this Liverpool team. So it really bodes well. But yeah, I would agree. At this point, you don't see the benefit of, of trying to move Trent anywhere. Well, listen, we're, we're through to the final. But I think what follows, you know, when I said it to you pre-pod, it was almost like exercising the ghosts of the last 29 years of all the shit that's gone on, all the shit that's gone down in this club, the way that we felt, and so on. And, you know, we saw it, this rousing rendition, if you'll never walk alone, the director's box swaying, fucking arms around each other. It was, it was almost like, you know, the end of this horrible, horrible time that we've had and, and the start of, of, of good times. And Shengus, I'll come to you. And in the middle of all that, we saw the second greatest Argentinian of all time, ashen-faced, head down, little wry shake of the head, unbelieving at what had happened. The greatest of all time would have won that game, wouldn't he? Apparently he cried in the change rooms afterwards, just for information. I'll tell you what, if Diego Maradona had played for them, we'd, we'd have been out. And that's why Messi, in my opinion, and I know I'll annoy a lot of people by saying it, can never. He's the second greatest Argentinian of all time. <laughs> it's actually really funny because um, right after they won the league, um, I guess they had the celebration uh, at the Camp Nou, you know, a full house, and Messi takes center stage with the mic- microphone, and um, he kind of promises the fans that they're going to bring the Champions League back, and you know, they they had all the all the arrogance. And I mean, don't get me wrong, uh, I haven't seen. Yeah, and they were shitting themselves in case we were in their group, but they were going to win it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think they would have much rather you know, had us in the group rather than later on in the champ, uh, in the knockout stages. Uh, but it was, you know, especially for Messi, you know, they, he, they've been without a Champions League trophy for a few years now. And um, obviously they, now they, they want to pounce on the fact that, um, you know, Real Madrid are having to rebuild with the uh, departures of Ronaldo and Zidane. And, you know, they, 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 they thought they had the chance and, you know, you'd expect at least, you know, with, kind of um, Coutinho and Suarez being in there, you know, having played for us and knowing what Anfield is all about to, you know, kind of be a bit more prepared. I mean, I, I guess, I suppose, I'm not a footballer, but as a, if you step on that pitch, you you do realize that, you know, once you're actually on there, um, it, things can change. And I, I, I guess it kind of got to him a little bit, you know, in the first half when, uh, he receives the ball, and I, I thought it was really poor by him. I don't know if he was trying to walk the ball in or trying to shift it to his left, but he was so close to goal, and he just didn't go with his right foot. And I think it was Mati um, who had the crucial block. And you know, it's just moments like that, or the Fabinho tackle, where you know, it's they just got to him, and the atmosphere. You know, it was you know they 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 were, they claim that the Camp Nou is the the temple of football. Yeah, I I, I wonder if they would have said that. Um, I think I think the problem thing. is it's just too big, and when you when you have something that big, and you're that far away from the game, like if you saw our away fans and how far away they were from the game, Anfield, the crowds on top of you, it's a different experience. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, you know they're they're used to having their you know ninety thousand um, odd home fans, you know they're uh, cheering the crowd, uh, cheering the players, and. You know, all the away fans being clustered away in, in the in the corners, like in the very top, where like it's you, you need a 
a fucking telescope to see what's going on. But <clears throat> obviously, um, Anfield has um, it's a whole different thing. The moment the coach arrives through the uh, through the streets towards Anfield, you know, the, the all the people there, the flares and the smoke, and every, you see the passion. It starts over there. The game starts over there, and. You know, even if you're considered to be the greatest player of all time, you know, you've seen the the best managers to have, you know, managed in the in, in, in the modern era. Every single one of them uh, would have something to say about Anfield and uh, the power of Anfield. So, you know, it's, <clears throat> as Dave mentioned earlier, <clears throat> people kind of stop talking about, you know, all the special nights at Anfield because it's become such a cliche. But, you know, it's 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 a very kind reminder to whatever team is going to be coming to Anfield. And it's been it's been the case the whole season, you know, the likes of learn, but G- you, can guarantee, you can guarantee Schengus that next season, whoever would draw in the Champions League will be telling us Anfield's nothing. They won't learn. Yeah, and, you know, whichever player, you know, they, they make making a, a mockery of this is Anfield's sign or, yeah, this is Anfield, you know, taking the piss. PSG earlier, they tried to do it. And, you know, the, the, uh, the guys at Napoli, they didn't take it seriously. And, you know, whoever is going to come to Anfield is going to face trouble. It's guaranteed. You know, the whole season we only lost to at Anfield to Chelsea in the League Cup, who no one really gives a shit about. And apart from that, it's just been, like, I don't even know, did, did we only draw against City? And was that our only draw? And the rest were wins? Well, yeah. It's just, we, we've just taken it all up to a whole level. And the best the best thing about it is that, you know, we talk about how good the players are. And how they how they kind of fit into the mindset, and you know they follow the, everyone's on sync, at, at the same thinking and everything. It's the case for the whole club, like from the structure of the club um, to the owners, to the recruitment, to the players, to the fans. It's just you know when you have the synergy coming in all directions, and you know when they just come together, great things happen. And hopefully, we're about to witness an amazing ending to. A very strong season where, you know, everyone's been very tight together and everyone's believed in each other. And we've shown that, you know, even at adverse times when it seemed the most unlikely, uh, we pull something out of the hat. And it's really, it's really amazing times to be a Liverpool fan because, you know, it's when was the last time you went into a summer thinking, oh, who are we going to sign? I haven't even, you know, the transfer window is a month or so, a month and a half um, away. And I haven't even thought for a second about... You don't need you know, to think anymore, Shengus. You know whoever they're going to bring. Like, okay, you're going to make a bad signing here and there. But like the greater majority of our signings now are tailor-made fit. They're not rushed. They're considered Are they going to make a bad signing here or there? there? Just, just want to jump in on that. Um, I, 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 saw, I saw something earlier. Since Michael Edwards um, took charge in 2016, um, he signed eight or nine players, um, you know, the likes of... You know, going back to Dom Solanke, who was basically the only kind of miss out of um, uh, all, all of those players. And I, I say uh, a miss, but we sold him for uh, three times um, uh, what we bought him for. So I wouldn't even count that. But I mean, Thank you, Ox- Ox- Oxlade-Chamberlain and, you know, all the players, Fabinho, Keita, um, Van Dyke, you know, Robertson, you know, all these players, you know, we've just been recruiting so, so well. And the players have, um, you know, they've been, some of them, uh, like Robertson and Keita and even Fabinho, had been left out of the team for extended periods. And, you know, you know the people were saying, oh, yeah, they're, they're flops and whatnot. You know, they, they got their heads down. 
that's that's just what shows you what we have in our squad. We the players believe in themselves. They're ready to work hard. They're ready to adapt. And you know, it's it's the character of the team, the intelligence of the players. Just look at you know Trent's um, um, quick thinking and cheekiness over there. And you know, it's it's awesome that Klopp. You know, he mentioned a few times in uh, a few of his uh, post match um, interviews that you know the players need to take responsibility. And it's absolutely amazing that so many players have taken so much responsibility in the last few weeks. You you think of the corner routine where Genie said that he was being left alone. And he wanted to receive the ball. They they came uh, up with that together with Henderson. Um, the Trent thing, you know, it's it's just so many players are taking responsibilities um, in the right moments and um, actually trying using their intelligence and using their um, knowledge of the game and uh, you know take their, their their gut feelings and everything. It's just everything is just fitting so well and hopefully it will be a very very sweet outcome. Not only on the first of June but also hopefully uh, by the end of Sunday. Yep, and for the next 20 years, it'll do me quite nicely as well. <laughs> um, you know, Dave, I'll come to you, and, and it's a point that you made, I think, pre-pod as well, about, you know, that is a hell of a publicity stunt. Not, not a stunt, but, you know, if, you, if you're a player, um, a top elite level like player, you're looking at that going, well, that's where I want to play football. My career could go places there. Um, you know, that's, look at that crowd. Look at that. Look, look at the togetherness. Look at it. Who wouldn't want to play there? I don't know who wouldn't want to play there, Dave. And I think there's we we can talk and rightly talk in length and depth about you know the 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 performance and not just the not just the performance at Anfield. We went to the new camp and the scoreline didn't reflect the game in any way, shape, or form. A hundred percent, it didn't. And people people would have sat up and taken notice, and they would have maybe went shrugged their shoulders. Went, oh, do you know what? Liverpool were dead good. You know they were really really good, and they didn't deserve they didn't deserve to lose three 0 but they still lost three 0 Well, you know what? That team went and won four 0 and again, amidst one of the most amazing injury ravaged as well, Dave. Two of our best and possibly the the most important cog in Roberto Firmino missing. Your top goal scorer, uh, Mohamed Salah, missing. The best left back possibly in Europe having to go off at half time. Um, Henderson has to get painkilling injections at half time to go out and, and continue to play the game, apparently. And you've, you, yeah, yeah, you're missing Kaida, who's 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 coming, who's come into real form recently. And then you see the scenes at the end of the game amidst this mad emotion and passion and players, you know, I'm sure you've seen the, fe- the the scenes of Fabinho, you know, just getting completely caught up in it, you know. It was really his first taste though, David, to be fair. You know, the other players have been, got there last season. This is Fabinho's first run and, you know. I get, the, I get that. I get that. Players yeah. heart in the sleeve kind of thing, but it meant a lot to him. But, but isn't that the point that that's his first year there and that's, it's very, it's very, very obvious how how he's feeling about what he's achieving there and being a part of that. And let's not forget, cast all that aside, when was the last time a team, certainly from England, given what was traditionally the top four, and now the fact that you have a top five, maybe a top six, if you want to count United, and Very generous of you, David. Very generous to do that. I, 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 well, you know, we're in the Champions League semi-final. I'm feeling in a fucking generous mood. 
Um, but but we but but in reality, when was the last time a team challenged for both the Champions League and the league title? When was the last time a team was was at the last day of the season in with the show to win the league title and in a Champions League final? That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen in England since probably what ninety nine. Yeah, since, middle of Fergie years. Since probably ninety nine when Ferguson does the treble. That's and, he has, and he hasn't got a great record in Europe either, really. For no, the he hasn't. He but, but even still, that you think of all you think of the Mourinho's and the Bangers and the Contes and the the Mancini's and the Guardiola's and whoever you want, even the Rafas. No team has managed to do that, and I cannot imagine, given certainly consideration to the state that a lot of other of the top sides are around Europe at the moment, where they're very, very much in transition. Baron, Barca very clearly now, and that will have done them no, no use at all. Juventus, we're not quite sure where they're going. Um, Allegri's supposed to leave. And then we can go through the teams in the Premier League who all have their various different issues. Where where else where else would a player want to go? And again, the third point in that is that's a team with an average age of around 25. You know? This isn't this isn't the team with even Manchester City, who have, you know, the probably most important players in the last five years have been Silva, Aguero, company, Yaya, Toure. Um, and they're all close to, if not the wrong side of 30. So, Dave, I don't know. But that, you know, that that the other night, Spurs, fair enough, that was kind of a freak kind of thing and it was away from home. And But but that, that those scenes... That they will have had a profound impact on a lot of huge, huge footballers. Um, Hopefully, is one of them, <laughs> and maybe he will be. Whether we want him, whether we sign him or not, but I think this is the thing now. And given our status in the game, and given we've two European Cup finals in the last two years, and we could possibly ninety-seven points and may win the Premier League, and and the brand of football that we're playing. Which we can pretty much have every any player that we want to, and with the transfer record as you previously talked about, the likelihood is that they're gonna hit the mark. What a fucking time to be alive, guys! Eh? <laughs> Without a doubt. Well, here, listen. I'm, I'm gonna give Neil this one. You know, we're talking about the second greatest Argentinian of all time. Let's talk about the second greatest comeback of all time. Apparently, Tottenham did something here the other night, and we're gonna play them in the final. <laughs> what, do you, what do you make of that shit? Yeah, it was pretty, uh, pretty mental. I think Ajax, I feel really bad for them, actually, because they outplayed Tottenham for 135 minutes of that uh, semi-final. And, uh, and then their heads went a wee bit, and then their legs completely fell off. And uh, unfortunately for them, Spurs grabbed one in, in the last 10 seconds of the game of injury time to make it 3-2. And, yeah, so we're playing them. So... Um, you know, fair fair play to Spurs. I think the comebacks aren't really on the same scale, to be honest. Um, you know, it really was a case of of Ajax's legs just going. They were out on their feet. They're really unlucky. They've hit the post, I think, three times over the course of the the tie, and they hit the post last night at least once at um, at two two. Um, on another day, in a, on a, in another year, they they go through. Um, but you know. Great achievement by Pochettino. Or um, there's, there's, 
I don't think anyone can quite believe that Tottenham Hotspur are in a, a Champions League final. Um, let, I don't let alone I, Tottenham Hotspur themselves. <laughs> and I don't think I can quite believe that we've gone to all that effort just to end up playing Spurs. But <laughs> it's one of them. Like, it seems quite shitty, to be honest with you. Know, it seems like a bit of an anticlimax to me. Like, <laughs> but, um, but sure, that's what it is. And, you know... We, we can't really take them lightly because they're there on merit. But um, uh, it would have been nice to play Ajax. That would have been a final of real European pedigree, I think, to two European greats, two European giants with, with fantastic history. But we're not going to see that. So um, it's it's the spuds. So, yeah, all good. We know everything there is to know about them. We, we know that Harry Kane will be starting for them after that little lap of honour he did last night um, on the final whistle. Making his making his point, making his mark. So, um, going to be interesting. Lucas Moura could pose a problem. Uh, he is rapid and very very uh, efficient in, in in his output, shall we say? Uh, and in a in a rich being a form at the moment. So, be interesting to see if uh, he uh, Pochettino sticks with Lucas Moura uh, after that display, or if um, Harry Kane comes back in and Moura drops out. Um, it's not even a question, Neil. You know that Harry. Uh, yeah, I, I would, I would, I would agree with that. I think it's very, very unlikely that the moral start, but you never know after that hat trick. Um, but that's my that would he would it's be advan- my if, if if Kane starts, Neil, it's advantage us. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Because you know he, he, he's capable of scoring goals. Absolutely, he's a very good striker and so on. But he's been out for ages, and he isn't that good against us and I think he actually stunts how they play and I think a, a few people think that now as well you know and, and it's one of those do 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 they change too much to accommodate him does he dominate too much of their attack and play when he's on the pitch you know there's there are arguments to be made one way or the other depending on on which side you take but Mora, Mora is my only fear on the Tottenham pitch on their Son, Son doesn't pose you. I, Son, I Son. Son's an excellent player. There's no doubt. Uh, Dali Ali's a very good player. Harry Kane is a very good centre forward. Christian Eriksen is a very world class. Mm, we very good again. I would say I wouldn't be saying he's world class. Honestly, I wouldn't. I mean, I know. I, I said bordering world class. Yeah. There's some of I I find him. You know, I've talked to Dave recently there, and I said, you know, if I had a pick of any Premier League player from another club, I'd take Christian Eriksen for our team. He's he's massively classy. He is he's got a fabulous range of passing. You know, and it, maybe maybe he gets a little bit overlooked, I suppose, with with some of the other more English names at Spurs. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like him very much as a player, but I don't think I don't think he's on a level with with some of our players, shall we say. Do you know what I mean? Like a Sadio Mane, for example. Different players, obviously, but different levels for me. But that's just an opinion. That's that's just an opinion. But the one player that really scares me for Tottenham is Lucas Moura because because he is so quick. I mean, Son, for example, he had an absolute purple patch about a month ago, six weeks ago, say, when Spurs were winning games and Son was doing the business and they, beat, they knocked City out of the Champions League. That was, what, three weeks ago, four weeks ago? And um, yeah, he's he's had he had a he's had a fabulous season, but it looks to me a little bit like his legs are falling off as well. 
Um, he played a lot of football. He had to go away and play in the, the Asian Games. He had to win that for South Korea to stop himself having to go and serve in the military for a couple of years. So it was obviously a lot of pressure in that. He obviously played, um, you know, the World Cup last summer as well, although it didn't go that far, but still a lot of traveling, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of training, not much time off. And he's just looked a bit knackered in the last few games. I think you could see that uh, both against Ajax and in the City game where he has a couple of chances and a sharp son takes one of them. Um, so I'm not, yeah, more as the wild card. It's his pace and his efficiency. He's so direct and so sharp. And he, you know, I said it in the, in the pre-pod, he can just be passionate and the ball can be in the net in the, in the blink of an eye. So he'd be the one I'd be watching out for. Here, Neil, here's one for you. Just a question for you. What the Spurs do this weekend, given the fact that it's so long to the final? Do they throw well, their players only... out and, and, and risk the injury? Like, we're playing for something. They're not. They're, they're guaranteed their top four. They're, they're, sure. they're, they're the plan. Have you seen the fixtures? I, I, I don't know who they play, but, but playing can, you, Ever- afford, can, Everton can you afford to not give your players a game and let them sit for three weeks without a game? Well, there's no need to, to rest them because they've got three weeks. You know what I mean? Um, so it wouldn't make sense. I mean, you would imagine they'll probably have to do something in between as well. We'll probably have to do something in between. We're not just going to rest for three weeks. There's going to be training camp. They'll probably be friendly behind closed doors game. Maybe there'll be stuff going on all the time. That's the problem, Neil, at that stage of the season. Against who? Yeah, I know. I know it's difficult. But you're bound. Well, there'll certainly be... be be training going on, they'll, they'll not be with their feet up for three weeks, but um, they're playing Everton, so for just a, a quirky twist of fate. So, my cousin's an Everton fan, he was joking earlier that we would they'd be playing the kids against Spurs this weekend, and it's probably true, they're not going to be out danger any of the Spurs players. But I think it's a, that's a detriment to them, to themselves, by not, by, by not doing that because. You're leaving them players stagnating for three weeks when when there could have been another competitive game under their belt. You know, we've seen us build this head of steam up game after game after game. Well, we're gonna th- we're gonna have it as well. As I say, that's my only concern for us is yeah, that we ha- we now have this break. Yeah, three weeks it'll be, and the intensity that we've been playing at and having to play at, and we'll still have to play it on Sunday, and then to drop off for three weeks and then try and get it back. That's going to be difficult, but it's difficult for both sides. I mean, Spurs. To give them their dues, put absolutely everything in the second half last night, and were in bits every much every bit as much as as our players were uh, at, at the final whistle. Pochettino has a breakdown practically. I mean, it takes him about half an hour before he can do an interview, and even then, he, he bursts into tears in the middle of it and ends up thanking everybody in the world, including his his family, his everybody that like, gives an Oscar speech. Um, so yeah, they're you know they they played massively emotionally, massive massive intensity as well. So yeah, that that'll be a test for for both teams. But yeah, I can't, I still can't shake that little bit of disappointment. I was absolutely bouncing after beating Barcelona, absolutely bouncing. And yesterday I was kind of just floating through the day, I was a little bit hungover, but I had to work my long day on Wednesday, so I had to work hard and long. It was nice because you were floating through, having been lifted by what had happened the night before. Just a little bit of shine taken off it by. Well, it's just not the climax with another English team. Neil, you know, we'll, we'll play them all the time. Team, absolutely, but if we'd have got City, say City had beaten Spurs and we'd have got City, that wouldn't I'm be an well, score to settle there, Neil. That's different, exactly. <laughs> But Spurs, it is a little bit of an anti-climax, and you know, it'll be a slap in the face now. If Liverpool don't win that final, and I'll deserve it. 
But well, it took it took them two hours to realize they were in a semi final. Hopefully, well, it takes them a similar amount of time for the final. Twice and they've never been in a final, and you know this is the Champions League Liverpool and not Premier League Liverpool, and so on. We're a different animal. City find that out and all that. So yeah, it's going to be fun. Of course, it's going to be mad at the time. We're going to be all up for it. But um, I wish we'd have got Ajax. Would be my feeling. Yeah, for, for the sake, of, and I'm gutted for Ajax. You know, we spoke about Ajax. And oh, that's, that's, that's a remarkable, remarkable group of young players. And it's, you know, a bit like we saw with Monaco a couple of years ago. It's already started. Like, it started from Christmas, the decimation of that team. And, you know, I, I have a big mate here uh, from, from Amsterdam. He spends eight months of the year out here. And, and he's not he's not even phased by it. We've already rebuilt. They've already rebuilt for next season. And, and you know, albeit probably won't be to the levels that they've found. But, you know, Ajax would have been, for me, a, a wonderful football final. And I think we'd edged that just on our experience, you know, and, and which, which basically what we saw against Spurs, the, the, the wheels came off uh, the, the Ajax wagon at the end after playing magnificent stuff. Um, and I think that's it. just down to a little bit they, of experience. But they'd done it at half time, and I think they just went into that second half with the wrong attitude, just looking to defend, just, just thinking the work is done. and It's not their game. Yeah, and, and what exactly? It's not their game. And then when when it started to go wrong, they couldn't switch back on. And then all of a sudden, when they looked sprightly in the first half, they looked leggy as fuck. And they were starting to run in treacle and managed to get it back. But they were really unlucky. They've hit the post a couple of times. Ziyech is is a cracking player. I hope we're all over him. I really would love to sign him just as a as a fourth player for the front three. Would be class. But anyway. It would have been a fabulous final. I actually really, really deserved it, I think, but uh, can't really take anything away from Spurs, I suppose. They played well for for about 35 minutes of that tie, and it was enough in the end, unfortunately. Jengis, yourself, we'll give you a quick run on Spurs before we, we, we move on. Um, what, what's your thoughts about that in the final? As Neil said, I mean, it's it's it was kind of an anticlimax, and, you know, Ajax... They're, they're a more traditional, you know, respected team in the European competition. Obviously, they've they've had some incredible teams over the years and, you know, constantly bringing up, promoting youth and providing all the leagues with some fantastic players, to be honest. And um, it, it would have been it would have been fantastic to play a game against them. And, um, you know, it, it, it kind of would have been nice to maybe tempt the mind of, they leaked, you know, to kind of maybe think... I like Van der Beek as well. I think oh, that's a super oh, player. Yeah, I mean, Van der Beek and um, they leaked, obviously, De Jong going to Barcelona and um, Ziyech, 25 million. Oh, you're, th- you're thinking of De Jong. De Jong's going to... to, to uh, Van der Beek's not going anywhere so far. Um, yeah, it's a possibility. Yeah, yeah. De Jong's going to Ajax. Yeah, exactly. To, to Barcelona, sorry. Yeah, that, that I thought. That I don't. I don't think. I don't think Ziek fits our profile. I think he's too old. I think he's perfect. He's what twenty six, isn't he? Uh, yeah, he's twenty six. We're kind of in the we're kind of in the twenty three to twenty five bracket, aren't we? Because we're looking for a fourth player there, and he's whoever we're signing there is not going to come in and instantly dislodge anyone. I just think he he would be. I just think he would be really, really, really useful for us. I mean, at the same time. You know, that's just just me looking, and he, he might not be. He might be a little old. We, we've talked about it before, but I just think. Well, the, so, the the rumor, the rumor, the rumor mill would suggest that it's the other fellow chief. Which one? The 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 boy on the other side is it Nerez? 
Oh, narrative guy. Yeah. yeah, the room, the rumor, the rumor would suggest that it's more, it's more likely him than than Zedek, So He's a I don't know. Where is he? I, I actually, I actually don't know. I only heard that today. Oh, yeah, we've been, we've been linked with Neres before, and you know he's he's younger. He's he's really really good, um, and I think he's definitely more of a a player who would be willing to kind of sit on the bench and you know try and you know prove himself and you know uh, be used more rotationally as opposed to you know Ziyech. He's he's 26, absolutely fantastic player, and I, the only reason why I think. Um, it would be a good shot to go for him is because, you know, 25 million release clause. If, if that's the case, then, you know, it's absolutely, you know, no. it's like a signing, but much and that might swing it. That might swing it. Who knows? I don't know. God, either one for me does. <laughs> I, I wouldn't complain at either one. No one. Do you know what? We'll, we'll have whichever one we want. And that's, and, just, and that's, that's the just... beauty of it. You completely new territory for us, Dave. We're, we're at the very, very top table where we're, we're Players might be fighting to get up to us rather than us fighting to get to them, and and that, and the fact you know, Ajax for sure. Those players sat and watched um, our semi final before. They they watched those scenes. They watched everything, and it's just it's a marvelous advertisement for Liverpool Football Club. So anyway, listen, let's leave the Champions League behind because there's there's actually another trophy that we might win as well uh, this weekend. Uh, we don't have that one in our own hands, but hey ho, who knows? We play Wolves, in my opinion, it's not even worth talking about because after, on the back of that emotion, final home game of the season, we ain't losing. We just are not losing that game. Um, there's no question mark over us on on Sunday. The question marks may go to City, and that's why we may win the league. Dave, I'll, I'll, I'll let you have first crack at this one. I, I think you'll see us storming them very early, trying to get the early goal, get the pressure across to City as soon as possible. If I was Klopp, that would be my game plan. Um, make it as uncomfortable for City because you know that those those results will be will be transferred across uh, the country in seconds. Well, yeah, probably. We'll probably go early for the first 15, 20 and, and see how it goes. But, you know, I think there's a there's a very easy message from, from Klopp here for Sunday and it's that you just saw what happened on Tuesday night and you saw what happened on Wednesday night. So, Go out and win this game, and you just fucking never know. So I don't think the players need any more motivation than, than what they've seen. And, I, and to be honest, I don't think fans need any more motivation either than, than what they've seen the last couple of nights of football. I think there'll be a carnival atmosphere at the ground after Tuesday night. It should be brilliant. It's the last home game of the season. I think every player will want to play. We've got three weeks to go away and recuperate. I think Klopp will go up. He'll go as strong as he can. Sal will be back in. If Firmino's available, he'll be back in. But I doubt he'll take any kind of risk on him based on the fact that we are in the Champions League final. Maybe 20 minutes at the end, Dave. I, that's well, all I can see for him. See, to be honest, I think if there's... I, think if there's, I, th- I don't think... Unless he's 100%, I don't think we'll see him even in the squad. Um... Because in three weeks you don't want you you just don't want to risk it you just don't. So has big has big Div got a starting place in the back of uh, Tuesday for you? Divvy's a fucking ten year contract for me after this season after life after lifetime New, contract <laughs> after Newcastle after Everton ninety plus six after Tuesday night lifetime contract fucking season ticket full membership to the to the ex players lounge. Fucking feed him five times a fucking day. I don't care. Um, so 
Yeah, he'll keep his place based on that. Um, just, just while you're on that, you didn't happen to see the tweet of Neville and Carragher at uh, at the Etihad in the Legends Lounge. There's nobody here. <laughs> oh, 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 very good, very good. Yeah. Well, they went, in, they went into the bar, which is called the Legends Lounge. It was empty, and they were taking a piss. Like it was funny as fuck. <laughs> is Mike Summerby dead? Is he? Tony Book, yeah. Franny Lee. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, well. Maybe should, maybe they should just have, Stoke. probably should have been more a room than a lounge. But anyway, so uh, yeah, look, people have been talking about wolves this and wolves that. Wolves are dangerous, and you know they've taken more points off the top six than they have the bottom six, and blah blah blah. And to be honest, that's grand. Um, we just went through ninety five minutes without allowing Barcelona to counter attack us the other night. Are we going to let Wolves do that? No, I don't think so. And they'll sit in deep like they do and they'll try to counter. But do you know what? We're a serious, serious fucking football team. And every game in the last three, four months when our backs have been against the wall, the people have said, this could be a potential banana skin. This is where they might slip up. This is a bridge too far. We've crossed the bridge, we've climbed the mountain, we've done the fucking heap, and we'll do, I'm fully convinced, we'll absolutely do our, we'll do our bit, we'll hold up our end of the bargain on Sunday, and I'm not done with this Premier League season by a fucking damn sight yet, I'm not, because stranger things have happened. In a Champions League final, and the potential of, you know, albeit, we're, we're, we're not the favourites for it, but we can win the league. Well, yes, like I said, you know, people were people were six days. Well, people were people were head and hands and having post mortems of the season, saying things like, "Oh, well, uh, Salah and Firmino can't play." This is what we said at the start of the season, where we should have signed another player to to maybe play this one match where these two players were injured. Um, like maybe you know that time where Newcastle signed Festuno or Spreya or. Fulham went out and signed a fucking a million players in the summer and post-mortem in the season before it was even over when there were still two games left and I think that kind of got my back up and I think that kind of put me in a mood of like denial or defiance defi- that's exactly the word Chief defiance and I'm fairly optimistic at the best of times but my overriding feeling after the Leicester game was there's still two games of the season left. I still get to see the Reds play twice more this year. And with this team, you never fucking know what's going to happen. And I'm going to carry that. I'm going to carry that belief and that ethos into Sunday. And like I say, you just fucking never know, man. And Jengis, yourself, where, where, what's, what's your thoughts for Sunday? <sighs> yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much echo what Dave just said. I mean, it's. I don't think there's anyone who doesn't feel confident about playing a game of footy at Anfield with the potential reward of winning your first league title in 29 years, you know, especially after coming off the fantastic game um, against Barcelona and going to the final. So I think it's definitely there. I mean, the players, you know, I have no doubts that, you know, they will show up, the fans, it will be, as, as they've mentioned, a carnival atmosphere and, you know, they'll be right up for it. And it's it's just such weird things that have been happening in the last few days that you just can't rule it out. And it, it, it just, you know, with especially with Liverpool, how, you know, we always do things the hard way. You know, is this going to be 
the most dramatic ways of you know getting our first league title. It might just be. It, it certainly feels that way. And even if not, the good thing is that you know. Uh, we, we we still have a chance to you know finish the season very strongly and have absolutely no regrets and you know we're all obviously you know if if it does so happen that you know City win their game then you know fair enough you know they they've won what 15 16 on the bounce now and but you know the the chance is still there you know the um last night when uh, a few days ago when I was um uh, you know going to the bar it was just even though I knew that you know we could produce a miracle and Anfield is the place for, you know, these kind of special European nights to have. And I still, you know, didn't want to get my hopes too up at first and, you know, was thinking, just going to go down to the pub and, you know, watch a good game of football, two fantastic sides, you know, battling it out. And, you know, maybe we see, we get to see uh, Rian Brewster, you know, have his debut and what a moment that would be. And then all of a sudden, you know, it, as you mentioned, it, it just takes, you know, a few minutes before the game and then you actually realize that, something can happen so i think i think that can actually transmit somehow to the league it certainly feels like you know the, the, this chapter is not done yet and there's that final twist to come you know it could just be um that we we go into absolute delirium on sunday i feel it and neil finally yourself i i'd sort of had planned to do a sort of a spaghetti western sort of theme to this this pod you know about the the gunslingers you know going into the, the, the final scene of the movie and, and that's what it feels like that's what this whole title race has felt like it's like two gunslingers you know you know we we are not probably favorites going into it but and if should we do it as as shengus has, has has alluded to there i honestly think you're looking at a panel station wagon and men in white coats for guardiola i think it'll break him because he he struggled with us all season i think he struggled in his head with us all season you know the fact that we're there the fact that you know, we, we potentially finish this this league on 97 points. Whether we win it, whether we lose it, it's a massive, massive, massive step forward. And it is a success. I know seconds nowhere, according to Shankly, but this kind of second is. The, the gunslinger analogy is really good because we've been going shot for shot, you know, uh, blow for blow. And, yeah, it's come down to the last the last game of the season, as many people predicted that it would. Um because neither side has, has let up or shown any real sign of letting up. We'll see. It's out of our hands. The lads have said, I don't see any issue in us beating Wolves. Um, they've done what they need to do. They're fully safe in seven. Uh, they can't be caught. Um, they've done their work for the season. They've had their final home game. So they've nothing really to play for. We've got everything to play for. Plus, our record at home is pretty much flawless uh, this season and, and has been for, I think, what, season and a half now at least, if, if not a bit longer than that. Um, so, so yeah, that that's not really what's uh, holding any fear. And if Wolves were to somehow, if Wolves were to play an absolutely blinding game and, and somehow get a draw, then, you know, what are you going to do? I don't think that's going to happen. It's down to it's down to city and probably it's down to psychology because Brighton don't really have anything to play for either. They are also safe. Well, they're they're safe. There's something else they were they were trying to achieve and they've achieved that. But there is not that. even the eyes of the world on them, Neil. For for the for the last hurrah, would you not? Well, have, and, that. and and, and that's there's, something there's, I cling to because the, like there's a, the worldwide audience for these the, these two games is going to be immense, and those Wolves and and Brighton. 
should be professional about it and and perform. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. It's psychology then. I mean, it's the eyes of the world being on Brighton. So will that give them then the uh, the mentality of, right, we, we have a chance to play a part in history here? Or does it have no real effect because they've achieved their objective and they're safe? You've got the flip side of the psychology of, of Tuesday night. Obviously, we all know that, uh, and it, it's it's a well-known well known fact that um, Manchester City, having won the Premier League a few times now, are, are really all about the Champions League, that um, Guardiola was signed pretty much specifically with the brief of delivering the Champions League, and that other previous Man City managers have felt the uh, uh, well, I've been let go or felt the the the, the knife in the back, in the back uh, because of their failure to succeed in the Champions League. And watching Liverpool, which they will have done, uh, I'm sure, but Guardiola definitely will have on Tuesday night. Do that in such a manner and get to the final again and really be where Guardiola wants to be in a few weeks' time. And, and Guardiola knowing that City aren't going to be there and he's not going to be there and he'll regard that as a failure even if City were to win the three titles this year in, in terms of the, 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 the Premier League the FA Cup and the League Cup the fact that the Champions League is the missing one will, will, will be a really sore point for, for Guardiola because that's the one he values the most and the one City value the most the one the club value the most the owners and, and so on so the, the other, it's all about international headlines Neil and, and, and sadly the League Cup um, and, and the FA yeah, Cup no longer, no longer have yeah. that, that stature. Yeah, that's the whole point. There's no exposure. There's no real. There's no real benefit to winning them, essentially, except for you know, instilling perhaps a winning mentality in in your side. But you've already got. I, I'm that. very sad to say that and admit that, but that's how far because the FA Cup used to be a, a wonderful thing. It did. It used to be, but it's a long time ago. So be that as it may, guys, I think Guardiola will dress that up as as he did with the 100 points last year, is this is something that no team has ever done, the domestic treble. It's never been done before. And say what you want about the the devaluement of, of the FA Cup and especially the League Cup, I still think that's a monumental achievement. Oh, it's a, it's a fabulous achievement. I'm not saying it's not. And it's a, a ridiculously... It's, it, it's not that they're irrelevant even. Although I, I take your point that they've lost a massive significance. I mean, League Cup never really had any significance, let's be honest. But uh, certainly not outside the, the the UK, not outside England. But the FA Cup did. It was known throughout the world as pretty much the premier domestic cup competition in the world. Um, you know, foreign players who came into the UK at that time and came into England in, in the 80s and in the early 90s. And even our team with Ancho and Hippie and all, they all dreamt of playing in, 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 in FA Cup finals and winning the FA Cup. That's why 19, uh, that's why 2001 was such a such a big deal for them. It is the fact that Guardiola is, a, is an absolute perfectionist, and you know that. And he set out this year to win the quadruple, and he's already failed in that, and that's one thing. But the other thing is that if you had to balance all those, on their in their levels of 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 worth to to Guardiola, it's it's sixty percent Champions League, twenty percent Premier League, and ten ten the others, or maybe even sixty thirty and five five. You know what I mean? But the Champions League has that much weight, so he's failed to win. He's failed to win the one he wants the most, 
and he's watched then his greatest rivals and the team that gives him sleepless nights go on to get to another final against all the odds. So does that creep in? Does his anxiety and annoyance creep into the players? The players knowing that they have to win when they have this real crunch games. They haven't necessarily in the past come up smelling the roses. They they haven't been able to rise necessarily to the channels. Challenge. Although on certain occasions they have, very often they haven't. And their Champions League record shows that. It bears it out. So can Brighton do something? (sighs) Who knows? If they do, it would be, you know, it would be... Almost a miracle because they've not been in good form and they're not even close to being anywhere near it's as good. Sad as that we've come but to getting City a draw is a miracle. Yeah, it's basically a miracle. City could wobble. Brighton could play. You know, want to put on a, a show for their fans. It's the last home game of the season. As I said, they're safe. They can play with freedom. You know, um, they're playing for. You know, obviously they're they're professional athletes as well. They don't want to get a spanking. And if they can, they are capable. They have beaten. They have beaten top six teams at home. They have given us trouble from time to time. I mean, they give us trouble earlier in the year. We only beat them one 0 So I mean, we only need a draw. We've said it a million times on this podcast alone, and it's a massive cliche in football and in life. But anything is possible. So we'll just have to win our game and fucking keep our fingers crossed. But um, you know, it's a long shot at this point. It is indeed. Um, but if you're looking for inspiration about a team losing 3-0 whenever they're in complete control of a game, watch watch our tie against Barca for first leg. <laughs> but listen, guys, I think we've, we've waffled on here a little bit. And, uh, thank you so much for your time, guys. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And up that fucking double-chasing Reds. <laughs> <laughs>